Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor of the Democrat Gazette, and delighted to have an old friend with me this morning, Deke Whitback. Deke is President of the Arkansas Game and Fish Foundation, and Deke, with Modern gun, deer season, duck season all cranking up. I, I thought it was just perfect time of year to have you in today. Well, it's great to be here. This is the first time that I think I've been with you where we're not on the road yeah. or uh, or having a, a, a plate dinner somewhere. A good meal somewhere. Yeah, yeah I, I wish we were on the road, I know actually. We need, we need to plan our next road trip. Indeed, but great to be here and great good, to be with y'all. Good time of year for that. Now... Those of us who have been involved with the foundation through the years, uh, we know, but I have a I have a idea that a lot of the people listening to this podcast don't know the difference between the Arkansas Game and Fish Foundation, which you had, and the agency, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. So kind of kind of outline for us, if you will, the difference between those two. Well, that's a very common question that we get. Um, the, the Arkansas Game and Fish Foundation was created in 1982. So we're actually celebrating our 40th, 40th year anniversary in existence. Yeah. We're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit designed to specifically designed to help the efforts of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. So we do so in a lot of ways of, uh, of kind of filling the gaps, whether that's in some funding or some events or, or programs, even getting in some policy and advocacy uh, work with for the agency. I know you're involved in just a, a slew of activities. Let's let's walk through some of those, uh, the activities that you do, how they get more people involved in the outdoors, the ones that are focused on fundraising. Just let's let's walk through a few of those so people can get a sense yeah. of what the foundation does on a on a week to week basis. You know, r- really, there we touch. Uh, any and every division within the within the agency, but the education division is uh, is one that we really sort of um, highlight or, or hit on because that's part of our charter of five hundred one c is uh, is that education uh, aspect and the divi- and the agency you know has a um, a division you know there's almost uh, one hundred educators throughout the state of Arkansas that uh, um, that that work for the commission that whose job it is to bring uh, new people to the outdoors, and they, and they do so in such a great way through uh, area edu- uh, educators, but also through our nature centers and, mm-hmm. and conservation centers that you and I've been to, for instance. Down oh, in, down absolutely, in and I'm going to get to yeah, some yeah. of those later. But, but yeah. we, we help with with the education. I would say is, is kind of our primary focus. But you know, we do, we have a new program called Get It for Game Wardens, where folks can help um, lean in and support our game wardens with with needed equipment and gear for them to be safe and effective out in the field do, doing their jobs. Uh, we're, we're very heavily involved with the youth shooting sports program, which is uh, a tremendous success and, and been recognized nationally for, for that. Uh, I was going to say, I, I understand that we have one of the top programs in the country for both youth shooting sports and youth archery. Is that not correct? Absolutely. Among the top in America. Gosh, you know, I actually just got back from a conference up in Columbia, Missouri. Midway USA Foundation is, is really responsible for a lot of the growth. That's uh, Larry and Brenda Potterfield who own Midway USA, but they've created a foundation to promote uh, youth shooting sports across the country. And the Game and Fish Commission was uh, really a leader in jumping on with, with that organization 
population. And um, gosh, I think there's 5,000 kids annually that, that shoot competitively in, in AYSSP, as we call it, including my daughter, Kate, who oh, is over at Episcopal great. Collegiate School, and yours truly is the coach of that team. Oh, you're the coach so, at Episcopal, okay. So it brings in kids from every uh, aspect, walk of life, and it's a way to introduce them to the outdoors in a safe um, in, uh, way, teaching, um, uh, again, teaching safety, but also patience and, and skills that uh, they may not pick up otherwise. I, I love the program. I love youth shooting sports and an archery aspect as well. Absolutely. Let me get let me get down to facilities. You mentioned the nature centers. Mm -hmm. Um, We you and I have talked about it. One of the things I take pride in is when I joined the governor's office and I joined it the day that Mike Huckabee took office, actually, July 15th of 96. The first big project that I worked on as policy and communications director in the governor's office was passage of Amendment 75, which I think has been one of the greatest things we've ever done as a state. 45% of that went to the Game and Fish Commission. 45% went to create what I now think is the finest system of state parks in America. 9% went to what was then the Department of Heritage. Now it's the Division of Heritage after restructuring and the 1% to keep Arkansas beautiful. But one of the main things that Game and Fish wanted to do with its 45% was create these nature centers. They, They saw that in urban areas especially, there were fewer kids that grew up like you and I did, right. hunting and fishing, and that they needed an introduction to the outdoors. So nature centers um, in in Little Rock, in Pine Bluff, in Jonesboro, in Fort Smith would give them an introduction to the outdoors for the first time ever. You have since added what's called the Crown Jewel, Northwest Arkansas, of course, is one of the fastest growing areas of the country. You have added a nature center there. And I know there's also been a rebranding of the four, what we used to call conservation education centers. We call them uh, we call them nature centers now. But let, let's start with the, the five urban ones. Am I, am I on target as saying, uh, although adults are welcome and Absolutely. I love all of them, that the primary goal is to get our young people really familiar with the outdoors in Arkansas. I think you're spot on with that. Uh, You know, the education division uh, leans into the uh, local area schools, so there's constantly field trips coming through. These were not built to just be a museum. I mean, there are... hands-on that we want kids to come in and visitors as you mentioned grown-ups and, and tourists or whoever's coming through the state to to really have a um a place to roll up their sleeves to to uh experience the outdoors in in a controlled setting then go out and experience th- in in the great state of arkansas through through all of the wmas and other areas that, that we have to to get out and you know uh, I, I'm not uh, musical at all. I don't have a musical bone in my body, but I, and this is maybe yeah. a little bit of a stretch, yeah. but I was never introduced to that as a kid either. Right. So, right. so you could be looking at a world-class trombone player for, mm-hmm. for all we know, but mm-hmm. it's, it, the point of that is without these 
places to, to, to light the flame of our next uh, outdoor enthusiast or conservationist. Th th that's exactly the goal of these. And uh, there are five now. You mentioned the Northwest Arkansas Nature Center that was um, was really uh, uh, came to reality because of a gift from the John L. Hunt family and the city of Springdale donating the property. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a unique uh, one of our centers because it sits on 65 acres. And so what you learn in the classroom or you experience through one of the exhibits you can go right outside on the grounds and and, and go down to the, to the spring creek or go out to the uh, quail area and yet it is literally a butt center state 49 so it is so accessible it to really that old urban area absolutely there. is and you know a lot of times we've talked to um, the museum uh, and these nature centers across the the country and they say that's a great thing because someone who's new to it or new to experiencing the outdoors they feel sort of comforted and and seeing and hearing the traffic maybe but really once you're in enclosed and kind of that that environment you were in the outdoors mm. it, you absolutely are right in the heart of northwest arkansas yeah you and i one of the first trips i made I, I didn't travel at all till i could get my whole family fully vaccinated and i was so anxious to see that as you know one of the first trips i made was with you to see that nature center once my whole family was fully vaccinated in the spring of last year we did we, yeah that's center has been open since uh december of 2020 mm -hmm. so we're kind of op grand opening right in the middle of the the pandemic but but since it has just um it's taken off and uh visitors from all over are stopping through especially the the school-aged children in northwest arkansas yeah now let's let's go to the four really more rural uh if you will conservation education nature centers uh, i'm delighted you have a book that you brought on your 40th anniversary and one yeah. of the photos over there is the historic line oil company lodge at casco you and i made a road trip over there um earlier and uh, gosh what a what a special place and um I, I got my corn beaver sandwich for oh lunch there. Now, I'm talking real Arkansas beaver, folks. This is trapped Arkansas beaver, right? Beaver. We're not making this we up. We sure did. And and a catfish etouffee, <laughs> French fries. Uh, that was With made wild by... Arkansas flathead catfish. Man, Will and Hafner it, yeah. can really cook it Will up can cook some outdoor food. Some of you who follow that, uh, he does online videos for the Game and Fish Commission and uh, uh, may have seen some of his. Also offers cooking classes over there, too. Well, that's sure. part of the really as we talked about these these centers it's it's kind of a next step for for someone who's new to the outdoors you've you've been to the uh, pine bluff nature center now we're, what's the next opportunity to to go and um and, and learn more about hunting or fishing and that's what these uh as we used to call them conservation centers are now right. housed in, in the nature center so you go to casco and and will and the education team over there has youth uh duck hunts lined up they'll do a, a mentor deer hunt uh, the fishing opportunity. So again, it's just a next step in the progress of, of one who's wanting to learn more about, uh, about hunting and fishing in the outdoors. Yeah, yeah it's really a, a cool program. Absolutely. And, and again, beautiful locations. This one is on a on an oxbow lake, um, the one near Casco on an oxbow lake. Uh, that connects to the White River National Wildlife Refuge. And that, that is just such a fascinating part of Arkansas to me. Uh, we used to have these millions of acres literally along both sides of the lower Mississippi River known as the Big Woods. And 
Now the largest remaining track of the old bottomland big woods is actually the White River National Wildlife Refuge and the Cache River Wildlife Refuge. I mean, we have an international treasure really right here in Arkansas. Absolutely. And the Casco, Potlatch Casco Center is Mm -hmm. right in the heart uh, of those big woods. I mean, you feel as though you're driving to the end of the world sometimes. Cypress trees that are hundreds of years old, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. And so for a kid to catch their first fish, perhaps in that setting, I mean, it's inspiring to, uh, you know, for those of us who are mentors and want, want to introduce someone to the outdoors. What a incredible setting and in, in to do that and we're really lucky as uh, in the state to have such centers i was uh I had a man from mississippi come over uh and, and toured that facility with me and he just goes man this is incredible he says this is a, a the commission runs this place i said yes sir and we have lots of folks coming through each year to experience and and really get their um their setting in in the outdoors in arkansas exactly now now let's go up to the mountains and we will start with the fred berry conservation education nature center on crooked creek crooked creek um long recognized as um one of the great smallmouth bass streams in the country. In fact, I have some locals, and, and like me, they love the late Jerry McKinnis, but locals I know that kid, and they say, you know, Jerry almost almost ruined us because he made us too popular. Right. You know, he used to put us on his national television shows, and we almost overfished the creek, but there been a great effort. Uh, over the last few decades to stop the gravel mining there to bring it back but another beautiful facility and like i said it's on one of the top smallmouth streams literally in the country beautiful setting and you're right that's again run by the game and fish commission the the potlatch uh, center in Casco and, and the one we're talking about now in Yellville at Crooked Creek, those properties are actually owned by the foundation. Right. And and so those uh, were kind of developed with private donations. Uh, that, that's a function of the of the foundation in partnership with the Game and Fish Commission. Now they run the education centers. They uh, sort of run the programming there, but it, it's just a, a really good example of how the foundation can help uh, take the education to to different parts of the state and establish these centers for all to enjoy. Another of those rural centers uh, at Ponca, uh, while we're in the mountains, oh, we'll man. stay there. Of course, this is a great time of year to talk about it because people are there to watch both the leaves turn and the elk right now. It's and beautiful it's, up there. It's a great time of year for both of those. But of course, reintroducing elk to Arkansas has been one of the great success stories of the Game and Fish Commission uh, in recent decades. Yeah, the, well, and it's, you know, you can drive up th- through that corridor, uh, Jasper, and, and I love going up through Marshall and, and seeing folks pulled over on the side of the road because you can catch a glimpse of the herd uh, from time to time just being there. It's a really a, a magical setting when the leaves are turning and those the, the herds on the run Again, great success story for the Game and Fish Commission and one that we want to certainly help continue. And then getting down to my old stomping grounds in southwest Arkansas, you have Grandview Prairie near Hope. And Blackland Prairies used to be very common in southwest Arkansas. They are very rare now. So kind of like we're losing the big woods over in the Delta 
for decades and decades, we were losing those black land prairies. And this one we have saved, and there are all kinds of wildflowers, and there are all kinds of native grasses that you're just not going to find much anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, we, we went down there as a group a couple of months ago. The commission actually met down in Texarkana, and one of the tours that the commissioners went on was out to Grandview Prairie. And uh, th- this, I've got to say, Rex, is probably my favorite spot mm-hmm. of the centers. I mean, I love them all like like they're my kids, but uh, this was so impressive with the native grasslands mm-hmm. with uh just just to see the the beauty of of what it what it looked like and once and looked just, like yeah when that was natural prairie it's there. incredible and and again schools are coming out uh groups are coming out there they have a trap uh range set up out there now uh fishing opportunities it it is really a uh I, I do call northwest arkansas the crown jewel but boy this one in southwest arkansas is really something to see oh uh, well we've listed five really what i consider urban ones and then our our four rural ones but nine nature centers and they really are jewels for a state of only three million people is it's spectacular what we've been able to do with that Amendment 75 money. Let me get back to an event. One of your big events of the year, probably your big event of the year at the foundation, is the Arkansas Outdoor Hall of Fame. Talk about that organization a little bit. Well, the Outdoor Hall of Fame banquet started – 31 years ago and uh it it is a fundraiser for for the for our organization but it's also a a way that we recognize and honor uh these leaders in conservation across the state of arkansas and that we have well over 100 inductees now get to tell their story get to inspire others who who attend or who um uh you know just by talking about them may may have someone else wanting to do for the better of the state, uh, fifteen hundred people now are in attendance. Oh yeah, it's huge. We, we raise a, a boatload of money to help support the agency. Another uh, thing that I like to mention, Rex, when talking about the Outdoor Hall of Fame banquet, is it's a time to honor the the hardworking men and women of the Game and Fish Commission. Mm-hmm. You know, there's over six hundred employees across the state, and uh, we we invite them to attend to bring to bring their uh, spouse or a guest, and it's just a really fun setting to uh, to celebrate conservation in Arkansas. Absolutely it is. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad, provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. 
a couple of things, because I know you work so closely with the commission itself at the foundation, uh, big picture things I want to touch on, because I, I am, a, as you know, a duck hunter and used to be a quail hunter when we had uh, sizable wild quail populations in Arkansas uh, decades ago. But the first is saving our public green tree reservoirs. And and I don't think I am exaggerating when I say, and we're just on the front end of starting to do this, but um, this is one of the biggest initiatives by the commission in in decades. And, And it is absolutely crucial because a lot of people, when they think of Arkansas, they think of green tree duck hunting. They do. That's what they think yeah, of. It is. It, it, so closely associated with the entire culture of our state. Well, I commend Director Booth and his leadership at the commission, the commissioners, and, and really everyone within the agency for taking this head on. It's a, uh, it's, it's, there's not a silver bullet to, to this. I mean, funding is absolutely um, uh, something that we have to address and have to be in some ways creative on, on the fundraising efforts to help save those green tree reservoirs. But it's a very real issue within the in, in the agency and a, and a top in, priority. In essence, what has happened is we have left water on those reservoirs as uh, as the climate has changed, as our systems have become antiquated, both. You've got both of that working against you now. And so water is staying for months at a time sometimes, and it's killing our great oak trees. Yeah, right? Unfortunately, the, the, the water tolerance is not um, what, we, what we've known or thought of. Uh, uh, throughout the years and so you're right keeping the water on those trees is detrimental and unfortunately when they start to die off a more water tolerable tree will grow back but unfortunately the the fruit it, that it produces the the acorns it, are not suitable for a duck mm-hmm. to, to uh, feed on and so it, it it goes greater than that i mean it goes greater than 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 just a protein source for for the ducks that are that are coming down the flyways You've got to think also just the overall impact that, that losing one of those uh, reservoirs would have um, beyond ducks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of migratory birds oh, coming, down and coming through and, and other opportunities that users and our constituents uh, w- want to go out to enjoy those spaces. So it's a monumental effort. Mm-hmm. We know. And it's long range. It's going to take years, right? Is. Yeah. yeah. But, but to your point, getting back and, and kind of thinking through some of the ways of, of holding water when to hold water, how to release the water, th- those sort of things. Um, and it's not just the agency. You know, a lot of times we're a, we're a mere landholder within a system. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, determining factors w- when thinking of getting that water on and off. Yeah, huge, huge effort. The other one, as I said, I wanted to mention, and like you said, we've road tripped. You've had to listen to my stories about growing up quail hunting. But like a lot of people my age, and I'm in my 60s, -hmm. like a lot of people my age, I grew up, that's what we did. We always had at least two bird dogs, sometimes three. My dad was a huge quail hunter all day Saturdays uh, during the season, uh, Sunday afternoons after church. We would even usually get out of the house on Christmas. Christmas afternoon, my dad would ready to get out and smoke his pipe. He'd say, "Let's go get those bird dogs some uh, exercise." So that was part of our Christmas even uh, after the big meal and opening the gifts in the morning is to go out and do a quick quail hunt. 
obviously we saw changes in land use. Uh, we didn't allow fence rows to grow up anymore. Uh, we, we quit using our native grasses for pasture, fescue, things like that came into the state. So this is a complicated thing, but thankfully, uh, and I, I've written a number of columns, as you know, on this subject, thankfully we had some commissioners that took a real interest in this. So Again, another major initiative of the commission these days is working with private landowners in the state to try to bring back quail habitat. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you hit on that, Rex. You know, that, that um, the generation, um, I'd say your generation, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to admit, I mean, that, that was not part of my upbringing. Duck hunting, yes, deer yeah, hunting, I moved fishing, to Washington thing, but... in 1986, so my last year to seriously quail hunt in Arkansas was 1985. Yeah. And it's pretty much been gone yeah. since then. So, That's so this, almost 40 years. Right. Yeah. And so the, to your uh, point there, the sentiment of the commissioners and to take on this initiative to reintroduce quail, but it, it uh, in the state is priority. Uh, it really is um, uh, a matter of getting the habitat conducive for and mm-hmm. so you brought up the private lands division uh at the game and fish commission that's going to be standalone so they're going to bring that out of wildlife division oh, that's, and, and that's come out nice. on its own, which is going to be very dedicated to the efforts of these restoration of of quail um that's something that director booth announced in his um, recent strategic plan mm-hmm. and uh something they're very serious about doing i commend them for that i don't know if there's a lot of other states who are focusing on private lands because it makes up 90 percent of the the state is privately uh owned if we can help teach private landowners and, and best practices then uh it's just to the betterment for for our wildlife you know uh, uh, director booth will say in in remarks that you know a deer or a quail or a turkey they don't know a fence boundary no, right no, i mean they just all. see a con- they see an area that that's suitable for for what they need to survive and and that's where they go uh, so it's this is a really exciting effort uh, again that the commission has taken on now I hope that we've got some people listening out there that are saying to themselves right now, I understand the importance to the future of Arkansas of preserving our outdoor recreational attributes, enhancing them where we can. How do I get involved with the Game and Fish Foundation? So how, how should somebody get involved with well, you? Well, we have a, a membership program that uh, that stays, that gets people plugged in and, and stays, keeps them up to date on the happenings of the agency. So I encourage everyone to check out our website, agff.org. Lots of information there. Um, we have all these uh, new events that have come up across the state since, since I've come mm-hmm. on board with the with the foundation. There's ways to plug in when we come down to Magnolia for the South Arkansas Outdoor Social or up in Northwest Arkansas to our new End of the Wild Banquet. Uh, Fort Smith, we've started a trap tournament, but those are ways to plug in. And and so I'm tr- I and and staff we're trying to grow our footprint across the state to help folks plug into what the agency's doing and and what the foundation is doing to help support them and one of the things you have done is you are building more and more partnerships with 
private business, uh, with, with even higher education. You mentioned Magnolia, and you, you know the president of Southern Arkansas University, Trey Berry, is a childhood friend of oh, mine. Yeah. So I'm biased, but uh, mention the fact that they're creating a whole, what they call a conservation campus down there, which I think is very exciting. Really, really forward thinking on the agency's part of, of partnering with higher ed on, on some of these you know, there are great programs at SAU, at Arkansas Tech, and, mm-hmm. and others throughout uh, of wildlife management. But again, in order to have that practice on the landscape, what SAU's doing in, in on their Laney farm yeah. is you're able to learn in the classroom. This was former Governor Ben Laney, and uh, his family donated that land, which is really adjacent to campus, yeah. but it's it's wild land uh, outside of Magnolia, wild, pristine land. Absolutely. It's just a, a blank canvas for uh, instructors to go out and, and really teach on the ground what a future um, biologist conservationist can do in practice it's it's really exciting what they're doing taking that to the next level you know in a post-pandemic economy we see more and more people saying okay i learned during the pandemic as long as i've got broadband internet i can do my job from wherever i want to more and more people are going i think to where they can find outdoor recreation really close to where they live and work. Uh, Mountain View was recently featured in the New York Times of all places, and they were quoting some people from out of state who have moved to Mountain View for that very reason. They wanted to be close to outdoor recreation. So what we're talking about, and I've, I've written about this extensively, these outdoor attributes we have in Arkansas really are economic development in this day and time oh, are gosh. they not i mean they're you know the the outdoor recreation industry in, in arkansas I mean, correct me if i'm wrong it, it, it approaches 10 billion dollars oh, yeah. on the economic yeah. impact uh for, for for manufacturers um uh, of outdoor for ammunition for all sorts of different things that that touch on um on that outdoor industry and you're right we're right in in the state that you can throw rock and and hit uh, a beautiful space no matter where you are across and be in tune with nature so what a great setting for that but to your point getting folks unplugged and engaged in the outdoors as we say there's no better place to have that in Arkansas and I'm excited about the future of outdoor recreation here absolutely and one thing I've got to tell you Deke that I love about you and director Booth uh, you've brought what I what I consider that that younger way of thinking to both the foundation and the commission and that is what in essence you're saying is while those who hunt and fish are always going to be our our premier customers, if you will, we're a huge landowner in this state, and we've got to serve those who hike and bird watchers. Absolutely. And, and so the commission really is uh, cognizant of people who are using its lands for other outdoor recreational activities, right? Absolutely. I tell people all the time, I'm usually wearing a shirt with the logo on it, but it's anything and everything under the sun. There's a, a board member of ours, uh, Libby Davis, and I, Libby's so great. She um, learned to uh, or took up deer hunting sort of later in her uh, life, as she as she describes, and she's a, a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she she's great at that. But her real passion is uh, in uh, like this native seed and restoration uh, projects of pollinators of, oh, yeah. uh, you know, then all that ties I, I back gonna into I was going to say, if you're a master and, naturalist and want to go yeah. for a hike, you go to Grandview to do that, not to hunt or fish, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a whole plethora of, of 
people who can plug into the activities and programs that Game and Fish offers that are that may not be hooks and bullets, as we say, and mm-hmm. and, and the property across the state that the Game and Fish uh, owns and manages, you know, that's open for for everyone. My mom should can and should go enjoy some of these beautiful places that the game and fish manages across the state and um, gosh with with our park system that you you've mentioned there there are so many incredible spaces to go enjoy the outdoors and and then like libby who's already kind of into it just never knew kind of how to to get into the hunting now she's like a uh, very passionate bow hunter so you're we're turning folks into to to those hunters and anglers by exposing them to the outdoors and, and if you've got the right connections like i luckily do knowing deke somebody might even cook you a corn beef uh, corn beaver sandwich <laughs> When you get to one of those facilities, man, he, he may have to set up a little food truck down there. <laughs> I think what, what a what a gem. And you know, Will, j- let's talk about this a little bit about one of uh, again. I've talked well, about I the saw people. pictures he posted yesterday of uh, speckle bellies that he had, had killed. So I'm I'm hoping for a goose dinner That'll that be maybe I menu. can go back. Yeah, but just to the testament to the to the fine folks that work for the Game and Fish Commission, Will gets out and an outreach education uh, um, sort of spirit of and puts on these cooking demonstrations so you're teaching folks that uh yes you can go out and harvest these animals but Mm -hmm. it's not just about the trophy it's not you know you're going out and having a delicious meal made out of it even if it's a corned beaver sandwich exactly there's so many wonderful things uh, to tap into um and i just encourage folks to not only check out our foundation uh, page but the game and fish commission agfc.com Gosh, there's events happening all across the state. There's programs with education. There's uh, workshops for landowners. Really um, uh, staying very busy in, in communicating with with their constituents and across the state. Absolutely, Deke. I knew our, I knew our time would go fast because so many subjects I want to cover. So we'll have to get you back. Thanks yeah. for being with us today. Thanks, Rex. Deke Whitback is president of the Arkansas Game and Fish Foundation. Thank you. For listening to the Southern Fried Podcast, I'm Rex Nelson. This has been a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.